Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, hello, and welcome to USA Global TV and radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck, the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network. Today's show is the United Kingdom news and culture. I am super excited. We have our whole panel here today. Let's welcome them. Diane Floyd-Bame, hello. Hi, great to see you. Great to see you as well. Helena Shard, hi. Yay. Hi, Ian Hapelm <laughs> Turner. How are you? I am so well. Glad to hear it. And Simon McDonald. Well, hello, everybody. It's nice to be back home again. <laughs> yes. Mission this week. We're already laughing before the show started, so I can tell this is going to be another fabulous episode. Thanks for being here. <laughs> So I'd love to do something a little bit different, which is I'd love to just have each of you share something that you've done as a kindness to someone else, because we're all about helping one another, lifting each other up. So Diane Floyd-Babe, something kind you've done for someone else. Um, I try not to talk about those things and keep them a secret within, but let there's a, a few things I've done, but I think the most important was um, I um, helped some children who were having difficulty understanding English and gave them some tools and taught the parents some ideas and, and so they could feel confident in being here. All right. That's fabulous. Thank you. Thank you very much. Helena. Gosh. I've actually done lots of kind things, I have to say. <laughs> um, uh, I have, uh, I suppose, done some practical things, and I've helped um, a friend with website material, uh, which was, yeah, which was good, which is good. So she's going to get something sorted, which is lovely. Also, I um, have spent a lot of time helping a very good friend of mine who's transitioning at the moment um, due to health care and I'm trying to sort out his affairs for him. Um, it's taken a lot of time, but, you know, hopefully he'll he'll end up on top. So that's just a couple of things. Beautiful. And I know it feels awkward to say these things, right? But <laughs> we we need to be proud of, of what you're doing. Simon, over to you. Oof. Uh, one of the kindest things I think I did harks back to school days because I stopped talking in class. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should try that more often. But uh, since then, oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I was involved in marine rescue, so I've pulled quite a few people out of the sea so they live to say live to sail another day or live to speak another day. Uh, yeah, quite a few of them I pulled out. So um, if that counts yeah. as an act of kindness, then great. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you. 
And how about you, Mr. Ian Palm Turner? Well, uh, one of my friends at the moment has been going through some quite troubled times with their landlord. Um, and um, I hate any woman being picked on, first of all. Uh, and this person is causing all sorts of problems. So uh, first of all, I've been talking to her every night before she goes to bed so that she can feel calm uh, and have a calm influence in her life as well. And then I've been sorting out some of the people that I know uh, that can actually help her uh, overcome these issues as well. Um, and I hate bullying. Uh, and so when I see things like that, um, I try to sort of um, show that there's another side to men uh, and there's a kindness side to men as well. Uh, and that we don't all have to be overbearing or, um, you know, creating problems with people. Um, that, and that we can show kindness. And I think one of the biggest forms of masculinity is kindness. I agree. So well said. Absolutely. That's, that's a lovely thought, actually. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Thank you. Okay. So before we move on to the show, thank you for sharing that. Now I'd like you to share something kind that someone's done for you. Mm. <laughs> Let's start with Ian. <laughs> well, I, I, think the, I think one of the kindest things that has happened to me this week is you allowed me on the show again. You know, the, the, uh, <laughs> you know um, I, I think, you know, the, 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 the reality is um, uh, in all sorts of ways. I, I was at a fashion show a couple of weeks ago. It was a fashion exhibition. And I, I try to help young people especially. Um, but I meet so many young people that sometimes I don't realize how uh, an effect I'm, they may have, I might have had in their lives as well. And I was walking around this fashion exhibition and young people were running up to me and giving me a hug and sort of saying, how are you? Thank you so much for your help. And I'm thinking, who are they? You know, uh, 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 and I've obviously sort of helped them in the past in some way. Um, and, and to me, um, for people to show gratitude, I think it is one of the best forms of kindness you can actually do. And especially when, when you can see the delight in their eyes and you can see the excitement of what they're doing now. And I might have given them some advice or whatever it was uh, in the past. Or I might have supported them some way. They might have come on one of our shows, whatever. Um, and, and, it, and it's actually inspired them. So I, I think for me, you know, the, 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 when people say thank you, I think that's one of the best forms of kindness of the lot. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Let's go over to Simon. Yeah, that's uh, you know that that, that was very in depth in there. Uh, kindness. Well, somebody gave me a very fine bottle of malt whiskey. Uh, not so <laughs> uh, that, that was an amazing act of kindness. <laughs> How do you repay that one? Uh, <laughs> Yes, I, somebody even actually offered to help me across the road the other day. Now, I mean, I didn't know whether to kiss them or smack them hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what did you do? Uh, well, I just carried on hobbling. <laughs> My left knee is not very good just now, and uh, so I'm going to the shop to get a new one one of these days. Um, 
And so they, they, they saw me hobbling across the road and just said, yeah, can we help you? And I thought, I'm not that old. Yeah. So, uh, no, I did thank them in the end for the very kind offer. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I was managing reasonably well and so on. They said, have you seen that truck coming the other way at 90 miles an hour? So mm -hmm. right, okay. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, it, it was an odd act of kindness. I mean, it's a sort of thing which many of us have probably done before, uh, you know, helping, you know, the proverbial old lady across the road. But uh, when it suddenly happens to you, then you suddenly think, God, am I really looking that old? <laughs> I think that's so nice that somebody offered to help you, though. That's. I'm shocked. I was wondering how much I owed them. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Thanks for sharing that. Helena. So I think a couple of things. I mean, one very basic thing really is just um, a couple of friends listening to me, <laughs> listening to me talking about various things that are happening in my life at the moment, which is was is a very kind gesture. And I think it's something I, you know, it doesn't cost anything and it, and we can all do um, all the time um, and it can help no end um just listening and just and just chatting to people so i was very uh thankful for people for friends who have, have done that with me recently um and also a, a, a different kind of kindness in a way because it was something that was unexpected it's my birthday quite soon and one of my friends i've not seen for a while actually said to me um i was thinking i know your birthday's coming up do you fancy going to see greece at the theatre. Now, this, this actually was before um, uh, Olivia Newton-John passed away. Um, so it's this was a you know a, a little while ago, and I just thought, how lovely! About hundred things on my tick box list, hundreds of things going on in my life, and it was just this moment of joy when I thought, Do you know, how lovely, because it just took me to that place of. Of, of, of being really young and just singing along to Greece songs and dancing and, and I was really thankful again it was just a really simple lovely gesture that's beautiful when is your birthday 21st of August da, 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 right. I'm writing it down, I'm writing it down. <laughs> yeah I know I don't know how it just came so quickly but um Yes, simplicity is all the way forward. So I've decided it's not going to be a big celebratory time, but I'm just going to just, you know, just be thankful that I'm here and I'm well. Amen. Yes. Actually, absolutely. you know, you're, you're absolutely right, though. It's one of the kindest things that people can do. And there's not many people can do it well. I do know of one or two, and that is a really good listening ear when you've got a problem. Uh, I mean, a problem is just a solution waiting to be found. But if you've got somebody really special who comes along and gives you a really good listening ear, it just gives you such a lift and the world's all right again. Thank you, Simon. You are singing my tune. You know, I'm the listening mentor, so I really appreciate you giving a plug for listening. Well, there we are. I mean, the listening mentor, sometimes the tormentor. But... <laughs> The ideal mentor. <laughs> I, I, th I think it's strange at times, you know, what, what Simon was saying about, I expect people to show me courtesy these days. Um, and, and um, you know, if, if the subway is full and someone is sat, sat in a, a reserved seat for, for people of my age, I tell them to get up. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I do you say it in a nice way or do you say get up? 
No, I, I, I just I, I point to the sign and say, excuse me, um, you, you can't be sat in this seat. That's reserved for people like me. Yeah, they'll be yeah. a much a grumpy old man. Do they get up? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know, I, I, and it's strange because um, so many people do it automatically as well. But do you know what? You know, when I was a you know a young a younger person, you know, if I saw someone like that, you would always offer a seat anyway. So now I expect it. You know, I, I, I've, I've, I've done my time. You know, I've, 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 you're putting it out to the world. Attention. I'm putting it out to the world. I've done my time. Get up. <laughs> Get off my seat. <laughs> well, it's proper etiquette, and people don't no etiquette anymore and it's it's very tragic i find thanks yeah. Di. we have a show for that too the power of etiquette <laughs> matters yes thank you <laughs> Diane, tell us about a kindness someone's done for you well now that i get to be the one of the last ones uh, gave me time to think and since we were talking about listening i thought this was very kind that um at church um, um i was recommended to um become a Stephen ministry, uh, being part of that program, which is all about um, listening for somebody who reaches out and needs someone to listen to them. So I thought it was really nice that um, they asked me to become a Stephen minister. I thought it was pretty cool. I was very honored. And then, um, because I do love listening and helping people and keeping my mouth shut, because sometimes it's just listening and don't even say what you think. Um, but I was um, working out in the gardens, as you know, I like to, um, I enjoy doing that. And a, a new person um, came walking by and they told me how much they'd been admiring my gardens. And they're not that great, y'all. I just enjoy having fun. And um, they asked me if I would give them a tour. <laughs> I just thought that was so sweet. So I stopped tweeting and walked around and talked about the different flowers and I thought of Dr. Jacqueline's show. <laughs> there you go. Did you say you stopped tweeting or weeding? Weeding. Oh, weeding. Okay. weeding. <laughs> so tweeting cute. Beautiful so I share. thought that was Thank sweet because, you. you know, you sit there and you you work hard on the flowers and, you know, giving them the right nutrients and hope they're all happy and get the weeds so they can breathe. And you don't you don't realize that you've made some pleasure from other people unless they stop and tell you. And I just thought that was really sweet. It's beautiful. And you know, in my streets, there are, um, there are two Chinese families and they have the most immaculate gardens. You know, the other people in the street don't really seem to sort of bother that much. But my goodness me, I mean, you walk down the street and, and they're so proud uh, of their flower displays, and uh, one of them has a larger plot as well. And, and, and it's just the, the, uh, lavender he grows a lot of as well. I love and it's lavender. Just amazing, you know, at summertime, just walking past something like that, and the smell of lavender is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And the butterflies love it. <laughs> There's nothing more wonderful to be working in the garden, and then a butterfly comes in, so, and uh, pretty soon a hummingbird. And- I was just going to say, so do the old age pensioners, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We do have a comment from our friend Adam. Hi, Adam. Nice to have you with us. 
Kindness is when my wife saved my life from when I attempted suicide in 2019 due to trauma. But now we have bounced back and are now running an amazing health, mental health organization, which I love. That is amazing. Thank you, Adam, for sharing that. Absolutely. And I think we met Adam through Philip. Was it through you? Was it through the two of you or Philip? I think it was Philip. Yeah, yeah, Philip. It was Philip. Can you hear me? Yes. 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 Oh, yes. great. That's I'm good. Just reminiscing. Um, All right. So, so, Jacqueline, how about you? You've asked us. Yeah, there you go. Oh. What about you? Uh, well, on the topic of listening, uh, a kindness that someone did to me, one of my very dear friends from college was visiting the islands and I was telling her about my listening program, the power of listening. And she said that uh, she wanted to have her husband, their, their company, to, they wanted to hire me to teach the listening course to a number of their interns. And I did. And it was interesting because I haven't actually taught the course to people who are, you know, college interns. So it was, it was interesting to see the dynamics and also to teach a different generation because we all listen in different ways, but we all can learn new ways to listen as well. So that was an amazing kindness. And I would say a kindness that I've done and continue to do is to be a safe space for my mom. She knows that I'm here and I'm always there for her. And she's my number one. You're her hero. Can I ask her a very personal question? Yes. She's not are here. Still right? using that, are you still using that trampoline? And you know what's so funny? And your I mother love told you to come off it. I love that you mentioned that. My sister was visiting, and here I'm on, in the loft, the top floor. And so I had the trampoline on the other side of the green screen, and I was jumping and jumping. And I went downstairs, and my sister said, the whole the whole chandelier is moving back. I'm going to come out of the wall. I'm like, uh, okay. So I haven't jumped anymore. That was my end of my jumping. There's no one else in the house except the garage. And that seems kind of, I don't know. So I I just have this feeling of your mother going like this, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to jump jump on it on the deck, but I'm afraid I might go over. You know, you never know. Things can happen. So there's, that's it. My trampolining is suspended. Yeah. You're still watching me doing that uh, at the same time as watching Wimbledon. You know, it's up and down. Exactly. <laughs> that would give anybody a total nervous breakdown. I can tell you, though, but Simon, with your knee, and I know Ian, maybe with your knees as well, it is such good exercise. But if you have knee issues, you could even, instead of jumping, you could just stand on it and just move your arms around and work your waist like you're going skiing or side to side so many good things that can come from it and the one i purchased not a paid spokesperson but wishing i i were is from amazon it was 55 dollars, and it's, it's it's small it's big enough to you know hold you and 300 pounds of you and that's it all right i'm done with my promo for trampolining <laughs> <laughs> thanks for asking <laughs> So I just, I, I, I loved hearing about Diane in her garden, doing her Aww, reading. 
and your lavender and everything like that that's really exciting and it's just I, I love that as well it's part of my life too but um at the moment here in the UK it is super hot I mean super hot and I know that we've spoken hugely about how here in the UK we don't have air conditioning and it's a sort of situation where we're sort of having temperatures like 36 degrees um you know, we've got amber warnings and we've just not had any rain for a long time now. And it's I mean, it's super hot. It's super searing. I mean, even in the houses, uh, it's 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 burning. You know, here I'm sat here and I'm, I'm you maybe can't see, but I'm sort of dripping and feeling very, very hot because we're silly and we don't have air conditioning. You're right. We can have fans. Um, but I think what's happened, it's sort of jumped on us. And, and of course, then you only have a certain amount of fans and they're all out of stock. But thinking about the national emergency, which is the energy crisis too, I think probably fans take up a lot of electricity. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a different kind of thing that maybe we don't want to do. But um, um, I, I just, it's, it's something that a friend of mine, actually this morning, we were having a chat about it, a, a friend over the road, she's got a lovely house and again, incredibly hot. And I think it's ingenious, really, what she was thinking. And she'd got the tip from somewhere is that she's used loads of tin foil. Um, it's a very sort of makeshift situation where you cut loads of strips of tin foil. There we go. There it is. That's Nikki's window. And, uh, and she's just literally just taped very thin tape on, onto the windows. But apparently within two minutes... Um, it worked and it cooled the room down. I mean, this this is just, it's the, it's the shiny face out. So the sun obviously comes in and then it bounces back out. Um, and it sort of keeps the, the sun away from, from the house. So I'm actually going to do that at my mother's as a makeshift situation. What it will look like from the outside, I don't know. But I think really when we're in these situations, um, it's it's a, a situation, you know, you just have to do it. And we just can't wait for the thunderstorms. There are, there are thunderstorms planned please uh for next week um and i, I know that there's a there's a facebook support vice uk and, and this is the national emergency but on there it talks about different things to help you and it also can help um, with the heat but one thing I, I find it bizarre but one thing that was mentioned that, that again it's something we're not used to is that people will have their fans on but they keep the windows open well, obviously, obviously, then it's a it doesn't cool the room down, which I found a, a, a strange scenario. But it's a great website. I think it's not a website. It's on Facebook. And it's something to help people here in the UK. I'm not too sure of the position in, in the States, but um, obviously the price of energy over the year is, is, is going up and up and up. And, and I think people are starting to panic. So it's a good one to watch out on but uh trying to keep cool is the way forward um and i think from now what with global warming warming and everything i think people it will change here in the uk because i think um air conditioning is going to be something that's going to be put in inside uh, uh, everybody's homes especially mine uh, so i just wanted to share that with you how's everyone else doing weather-wise helen i have a question for you uh, for you and Ian, really. So when it gets to be so hot, that can really have an impact on how you feel. And it can cause you, I would think, anxiety. Uh, you might feel exhausted and yet you still have to do your work. So what feelings come up for you when you're in a hot room or a hot house or a hot building? I mean, I have to say, I love the heat. Um, 
I've got my Mediterranean background as well. So I love the heat, but it's a different kind of heat. And, and obviously, as you know, we sort of feel it's just, it does. It makes you snoozy. It can make you feel headachey. But I, again, I'm very much into being solution focused. So if you can and you're in a situation, even if we're presenting, recording in the studio, you can, in fact, have a hot water bottle, but fill it up with iced water you know, and have that sneakily on your body, or you can get certain pads that keep you cool. Um, it's just trying to do things to help you. And obviously just keep hydrated um, and, and, and watch out for everyone else around you. But uh, I, we're just not used to it here in the UK. And as much as I love the sun, I can see how, how difficult it can be if you're not um, ready and clued up as to what to do. And Thanks, can, can, I, can, I just, can I just add to that? Helen in real life is a sundial, so so we, we we can be sat down together in midwinter and the sun is out for about five seconds and we have to sit outside, um, and and then but when on hot days and we might be sort of sat side by side in a park or so something like that and gradually as the sun goes round uh, she moves round with it, so in the end I could be ending up talking to the back of her head at times. <laughs> as she's following the sun round, you know, and, and I either follow around with her. Um, but, do, do you know, that I woke up this morning and the sun was blazing through the window and it makes you feel joyous. It doesn't make you feel, doesn't make me feel tired at all. It makes me feel quite joyous, that, you know, and I sprung out of bed um, and, uh, you know, uh, had a nice breakfast, uh, sorted out the things that I had to do today. So I, I think... Uh, you know, and I'm sure it's, it's the same for Simon in Scotland. When you see the sunshine and, and, and in such beautiful terrain like Scotland and, you know, and in London, it's, it's just good to see the sun uh, more than anything. But the but is that, that from tomorrow we're having a, a weather warning again on the temperature uh, and that uh, people like myself are supposed to take much more care uh, because it could be going up to 35, 40 degrees again. Uh, so, so you know, and so they're sort of saying, just be very, very careful with these things at the same time. But um, I, I think um, that there's nothing nicer than, than waking up in the morning and the sun is blazing through the window and it makes you feel, yes, it's all right with the world. I do love to see the sun shining through my window. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I lived in South Africa for five years and I mean, down there, 35, 36 degrees is actually quite comfortable. Uh, it's the, the heat there, it's not a humid heat. Here, it's a very humid heat. Now, yesterday was about 24, 25 degrees. Uh, here, I can't think what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's, uh, it's pretty hot. But it felt probably 10 degrees hotter because of the humidity that's uh, coming out of the ground all the time. It's the, humid it's the humidity that's the thing that's the real killer. But uh, looking on uh, television and so on, I, I see all in, in Englandshire, all the what was the grass is just like a brown desert landscape now. And up here, I mean, everything is green. It's uh, it's all very lush. In fact, quite overgrown looking as well. Uh, it, it's just a you know a different world altogether. I mean, we've been getting our share of rain, and it's been actually very conveniently planned because it tends to rain here at night and not during the day uh, this time of the year so that's lovely I mean, you know I can take any amount of that you just don't go out at night but in the winter well it just rains all the time anyway so that's it we put up with it 
But uh, no, to see all, all that uh, brown burned grass down south and uh, then up here, it's just it's just so beautiful and green and the colours just now are very, very vibrant. And, and, and I, I did hear that uh, the, the rumour at one time that the kilts were first invented for creating the first form of air conditioning for Scottish <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you've got nine yards of material in the kilt, and uh, so it keeps you very warm in winter, but you've got the perfect air conditioning in the summer. I mean, and we're a pretty inventive lot in Scotland, you know. This is true. Simon, do they make kilts in uh, more breathable fabrics so you could wear a kilt in the summer? Uh, they, you can get a lightweight kilt, yes. I mean, it's still the same amount of material, it's just the material is a little bit lighter. Um, you, you might not think it's that, that that light, but try wearing a full heavyweight one and then you suddenly realize, yeah, it's not bad after all. But uh, they, they don't lie the same way, they don't flow the same way. And you know, if you're used to seeing kilts all the time, you can spot the lightweight ones against the uh, you know, the traditional uh, heavyweight ones. And the battle the battle kilts, which the war during the war, slightly longer and uh you know just a, a little bit more compressed and more padding around the backside as well interesting <laughs> you know i wanted to share um helena you were talking about how uh, great it is to be you know figure out ways to compensate when problems happen so there are parts of the states that are further north where people don't have ac either because it's nice and cool generally all the time but um what we've been seeing here at least um i've been seeing on the news is um ice blocks are becoming popular again and up north in some of the states people are buying uh, purchasing ice blocks and putting it in front of their fan like they used to do before ac was invented and so I thought I'd share that with you in case some of your friends want to get a nice block. It actually feels really cool. If y'all have never tried it, it's pretty nice until it really starts melting and then you got, you know, water coming after you. But wow. Well, chip it all off and you know, as you go along into the gin and tonic. I mean <laughs> I have to say I did go to a bar slash restaurant in Manhattan. This is years ago, and it's all everything in there is ice. So when you come in, they yeah. give you a big coat, and they give you, you know, vodka. That's, and I thought to myself, I don't know why I'm doing this, <laughs> but it's quite popular now. <laughs> now people pay to be submerged into these. I don't know what they're called. Cry, what's it called? Cryogenics? No, you cryogenics. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. just in there yesterday. Oh, Diane, do tell. <laughs> it's so much fun. No, I mean, you, you, um, I've done it for several years, not all the time, but you walk into this big giant box and it's uh, freezing. I mean, like literally freezing. But, um, and the longest you can stay in is three minutes, but they work you up to that point and you can burn like 500 calories when you walk out. And then after that, you sit down and they put these uh, things all over you and on your arms and your legs and it warms you up and works your muscles and it's very healthy for you actually. It is healthy. How long are you up to now? Are you up to three minutes? Three minutes, yeah. Yeah, go Diane. <laughs> I'd be like, can I have it for one second? Can I just stick an arm in and bring it? <laughs> now, what does one wear when you go in? Do you have to Nothing. put on some kind of... 
Nothing. <laughs> well, you can wrap a towel around you if you want, but what about your feet? Nothing. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. I guess I could get a kilt. But it's a feet thinking I was, it was I had temperatures of minus sixty-three when I was up in the Arctic and uh, and it, it felt bit bit nippy then. You had to be yeah. you know clothed accordingly. There was no running around with Nothing on then. That's true. It's <laughs> That's so true. If you tried that one. <laughs> Do um, you have these yeah. opportunities to go into these uh, centers there in the UK? Well, yes, there's there's um, there's a uh, well, not chirogenic. I, I would imagine there will be a chirogenic uh, in in Britain. Um, <laughs> it's called London, but um, <laughs> the the the, the, uh, the there, there was an ice bar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in uh, just across the way from what one of my favorite vegetarian restaurants. Um, and you're quite right, you know. I mean, the, um, it, it's one of these things that you know, I, I mean, we someone that I like, we, uh, I was talking to a friend the other night, and some of the strange restaurants, in fact, we're looking at we may be doing a series on it, some of the strange restaurants in London. Uh, that you can actually experience. And, and one of these uh, strange restaurants is you go in to the restaurant, you order your food, and once you've ordered your food, they turn all the lights out. Um, and uh, so, so you actually eat in total darkness. Um, so I, I don't even know how you're supposed to eat, you know, with, with or something like that. What is the effect uh, of it? I, I simply do not know or, or what's going on. <laughs> yeah, what's the, the crime table. rate in those restaurants? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, you, uh, uh, I mean, some of these things. You know, we, we have, um, and Helena will know this. It's quite close to her. Is uh, we have a, a specialist restaurant in London that uh, where you can go in and you stroke cats. <laughs> uh, and so there, there's a whole group of cats that are in the restaurant itself. Um, people can go in and they can have their cake and their tea and whatever. Um, and cats will come up and sit on their lap and they can stroke the cats. So so um, I think we're a funny lot in London. I can see the, uh, I, can, I can, you know, sort of see some of these things. But um, it is, you know, it, it's, um, and at the moment, um, uh, Obviously, you know, and I know Simon says the same about Scotland, but we need Americans to come back to London because, you know, our, uh, our tourism industry is not as good as it, as it should be. We need the dollars. We need the Yankee dollar again coming back into you know, the steps. And... That's because we've got them all up here, Ian. You know, they're all coming to Scotland this year. But, uh, yeah, I was just envisioning uh, this uh, this uh, darkened restaurant. Uh, you know, I mean, if that was in the nights of Glasgow, uh, you know, and everyone would come in, they'd order the most expensive things on the menu and the most expensive wines on the menu and so on. When the lights came on, came on again, it would be empty. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they had their fill and disappeared. Charge before the, before the lights came on, but you know when you go up to Lapland, there's a the, the ice hotel. There is something else. Uh, the whole hotel is made of ice, and wow. even the the bar, the beds, it's all made of of ice. And the glasses you drink out of are made of ice. It's an extraordinary place. 
And uh, of course, in the summer months, then it all starts to melt and it's rebuilt again. They usually a slightly different style on the beds. They've got deer skins and so on there. So you're not actually lying on the ice. You can just imagine body heat creating big puddles there. But uh, yeah, and that would be very worrying waking up. So where did that come from? Uh, but the, uh, the ice hotel, it's, everything is made of ice. It's quite an extraordinary experience. That's wow. I think I'd, I'd always be worried about getting stuck, though. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, it, you know, you're, you're you're on your ice bed, and perhaps the rug moves, and, and uh, the next morning you you're attached to this ice bed. It could be a very very nasty situation <laughs> trying to retrieve yourself. You know, when you're stuck on an ice bed, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's lovely. I mean, the thing that Ian was talking about is called the Ice Bar. It's in Regent Street. And um, I think as Jacqueline was saying about the vodka situation, it's, it's an ice bar. You can go in, you know, you have everything's made of ice. It's really cool. But it's really visually fantastic because you have all these like vibrant um, pictures and bright lights everywhere. And um, yes, you have alcohol and you can have vodka too in these ice ice glasses but the actual no. visual part of it it adds to it it's a so it's an event really it's a, it's a bit of fun and that's in regent street and in fact it's, it's really good fun thinking about it and talking about water we actually need we have to sort of import or i don't know how it is but i think we need some water from scotland at the moment because we're depleted of water i don't think we can even make ice cubes properly um, we need more and more water. So how are we going to get some water from Scotland? That's what I want to know. Don't worry, we'll work out a good price for you. <laughs> Aren't you still waiting on the smoked salmon? I mean, is that coming? Thirty five degrees is too hot to smoke salmon. Because it uh, actually it starts cooking it's, at 30 degrees. It's, it's never too hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's still good. <laughs> it's never too hot. You know the the um, I, I I think uh, yeah, but Helen was quite right. You know, again, I, just before I came on the show, um, I went out just to get some shopping, and I'm coming back, and uh, it's not so sort of something I've noticed before, but um, all the grass is 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 turning brown. Uh, you know, on the front lawns of people's houses, it's all turning brown uh, already, and, and we really haven't had the major part of this latest. Uh, heat wave that we're expecting from tomorrow for the next five days. So um, I think it's uh, you know it, it, it's it's interesting to see how things are changing. Okay, and can I just say one final thing to do with water and and <laughs> burnt grasses? This is a bit of advice for everybody in the UK and anywhere where it's really hot and there's a hose pipe ban because it saddens me so much that my flowers and my plants maybe and my grass which is already gone um is just going to shrivel away but you know save water when you're having a shower save water when you're washing up and just use all that water to water the trees in the road which get forgotten about and obviously your garden so don't you know don't waste any water whatsoever i even thought i had drips of water from the kitchen sink um, it's not a regular thing. And I suddenly thought, you know, I'm just going to, I put a bowl there, just why not to capture as much water as possible? Um, I think it's something we should all do. I well, agree. Well, I there, agree. there was a long time ago, um, and Simon might remember this as well, but the, the government at one stage said, uh, bathe with a friend. 
you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> <it's very> <laughs> so um, yeah, I might put that one out there just to see uh, <laughs> who's going to volunteer. <laughs> In search of a friend to bathe with is Mr. Ian Cohen Turner. Are you looking for takers, Ian? Exactly. Uh, you make sure. <laughs> you know. Do you like blondes or brunettes? <laughs> One of each. What size is the shower that you have there? <laughs> now, on Helena, a serious note, um, yes. sorry, Dr. Jacqueline. Helena, um, you know, we, my husband and I, we like to have these big barrels to save rainwater and then pour it in the grass. Yeah. We don't. We haven't had rain in over three months where I live, which is a long time, and the oh. cows are hurting. It's it's really sad. It's really Diane, sad. I just so read an weird. article that there there's a a lot, whatever a lot is, a number of people who are moving to Austin, Texas. I know it's really sad. You're not happy about it. No. It used to be this sweet, quaint town. <laughs> and now it's Traffic City. And we moved out to the country to get away. And now we live in the middle of Austin because where we live is so awesome. But the way, the, the way they've done the highways, we can get to either like to Lake Travis or to downtown Austin. So now people are saying we're in the center. And I'm like, and to think we moved to the county to get away. <laughs> but yeah. Is there another move in the future for you, Diane? No. I love the hill country. And we can, of course, to, to y'all, uh, our little hills are like mo hills. But for us Texans, we're really proud of our hills. And, and the hill country is so beautiful. You know, just the wildlife. And anyway, I do love it. I missed it a lot when I was in Dubai. Oh, I often think how roads can, you know, a new road can actually change everybody's philosophy. Mm. So if I've got time, a very quick story. I, I was in Singapore uh, and uh, uh, I was uh, uh, sent over to work with, with the Four Seasons Hotel. Um, and they'd created this thing called Sexy Bathrooms. Um, and uh, it was, it was that they were bubbles on the side of the hotel itself. Uh, it was an, an extreme cost to actually sort of have a suite with a sexy bathroom in and this type of thing. And the first morning I was there, I, I always used to turn the uh, television on to the local news program. Uh, and the flyover had just opened up uh, in Singapore, a very famous flyover. Uh, and the, the, the weatherman and the, the, uh, you know, the traffic uh, helicopter was up and they were saying, you know, we got this beautiful scene uh, over Singapore. But they said uh, the whole of the traffic was stopping uh, on the flyover and they were trying to work out why. Then they suddenly realized that um, uh, the traffic was stopping to see whether anybody was in the sexy bathrooms. Because they were, <laughs> they, they, they were in a clear bubble, and if they forgot to push the shutter down, as I did one morning, um, that, 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 then you, you, you are displaying yourself to the world, and the world can look in uh, from the flyover in Singapore. So sometimes uh, creating a road can, can sort of cause all sorts of issues. <laughs> well, that is a great story. story. I love that. <laughs> 
So the, the bathroom is in a, it's, it's in a bubble the, that's see-through. The, the, the bathroom, I mean, basically what it was, was that um, it was something like, a, a, um, I mean, for four seasons, uh, even for four seasons, it was expensive. It was something like, you know, my, my suite was something like about $10,000 a night. Obviously, I'd been invited over and I was staying there for five days. And uh, ba basically, uh, the, the thing you had to remember, well, for English people, <laughs> I'm not, not sure for Scots, but for English people, you know, we're, we're a little bit more embarrassed to sort of show off too much. Um, you, you, you came into your bathroom and you pushed the button and the bubble became opaque. Um, so, so that you, you, um, you could look out, but they couldn't look in. Uh, and then one night uh, I'd, uh, I'd met up with some friends from British Airways who'd flown in and we didn't get back in till four in the morning. Uh, and I woke up at eight o'clock and realized I was going to be late for an appointment. And I rushed into the bathroom uh, and I thought it's a bit bright, but uh, <laughs> I didn't really realize it. And then afterwards, I suddenly recognized I hadn't pushed the button. Um, so... <laughs> So thank goodness, uh, you know, um, ho hopefully, uh, uh, well, if I did entertain the crowd that morning, you know. Um, but so, so yeah, it, it was one of those things. That, and you could get, um, they, they had all sorts of different services for this suite. And so you could have a butler to actually raise your bath for you. And it was done in beautiful petals, perfumes and so forth. And each uh, time you they drew a bath for you, it was five hundred dollars US. Oh my gosh! Wow, were they bathing with you? <laughs> five hundred dollars. I'm, I'm trying I'm, to I'm understand. Now, I'm, I'm now going to invoke uh, what 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 happens in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> you know what, guys, I would say thank you so much for your stories, Ian. Let's have some UK news. I would love to have some UK news. Yes, please. I would, I would say let's just go. So we've had, as we know, sort of 11 days of the Commonwealth, which has been really, really great fun. It's been uplifting. Everyone's been watching it either on their televisions or actually been there in person uh, in Birmingham. We've had a fantastic finale. And I think it was lovely to see. There were so many at the end, so many great bands all relating to the burn and where it was uh, set. But the best thing, it was the head being headlined by Ozzy Osbourne, who we've not seen for such a long time because he's been quite poorly, but he's 73 now. And obviously his group is Black Sabbath and, and the, the crowds roared and it was just so lovely to see him performing and performing really well. So that was brilliant fun. And the, we had a great speech as well from the Earl of Wessex, who's Prince Edward, Her Majesty's son, youngest son, and he was talking about the spirit and values of the Commonwealth Games. And it was just a really, again, uplifting uh, uh, situation. Australia won the most medals, 178. But we were very, Great Britain, very close with 176. Um, and also because it's, it's every four years that we have the Commonwealth. And in fact, it's actually going to be Victoria, obviously Australia, that it's, it's going to be held at next. Um, and it, I just think it's been such an inspirational journey. If, I don't know if every, every, anybody's been watching it on the TV, but it's just been lovely to watch. And, and we've had some brilliant gold medalists. And I think people that even weren't noticed, there's a guy called Jake Jarman. He's 20. He was virtually unknown. He got four gold medals in the gymnastics. And now he's like a household name. Wow. Um, 
So there's just, it, it, it's just been so inspir uh, inspirational. I mean, 72 nations, uh, 280 um, events, I think, medal events. And yeah, so I, I look forward to it anyway when it comes back. So fantastic. Um, did anyone watch it or watch any of it? Well, can I just say something there? That I, you know, the, the, uh, I was watching the judo. And I think I've spotted the next James Bond. <laughs> Seriously, there was there was a guy who who uh, he was British, uh, and he won a gold medal in judo. And I and he he, you know, I, I mean, just from a male point of view, I can see ladies swooning all over him. Um, he was very athletic, extremely handsome, and and he looks. You know, like you know how James Bond should look. You know, and I'm surprised. It, it wouldn't surprise me if if we find in the next couple of years he had he had that sort of look about him of determination um, and uh, masculinity. Uh, but obviously, he was a judo champion as well. So so he had the moves and and the things at the same time. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that in because I, I you know. I, um, he won his medal, but I don't know what's happened to him at the moment. That's awesome. We need a Sean Connery. To me, Sean Connery is the guy. Yeah. Woo! I would swoon over him. But um, yeah, I would love to learn more about um, that um, because I wasn't aware of it. But I don't take regular television either to watch um, what's going on. So I'm so glad to hear about that. What was one of your favorites, Helena? Oh, I, do, I mean, I loved all of it. I, I actually love the opening and the closing ceremony, but I just love the inclusivity oh, of it all as well. It was a mixture mm -hmm. of para, you know, um, sports. So everyone was together, and there was a huge amount of women, women as well, taking part. An unusual amount of women, I think, compared to, to men. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the fun thing as well is, is, is also towards the end, we have like sport relief, but it was like sport relief, all-star games it's called so all the famous people here in the UK um, all took part in Commonwealth Games in the spirit of it but it was all about raising money so it was really quite funny that people were doing these funny you know the twirls and the gymnasts and that but they were just like you know presenters and various things and it was all to raise money really to help young people survive and thrive you know that's what the money was raised for so again it was a really great initiative um, and I just love that inspirational thing, especially if you can do it for young people. So that's good. We've had 11 days of fabulous fun. Um, and I know one thing as well that people have been wondering, you know, what's happening to Her Majesty the Queen? And that she, she's, things have changed. And um, as far as I know, she's absolutely fine. Um, I know that the, the official welcome to Balmoral um, it's basically it's going to be a private affair. So the guard of honour is, which is normally public, is, is going to be a private affair, and it's a bit of a shame for for guests that come and greet her um, because it's the public that come and they love to say hello. And this is normally at the beginning of her holiday, her annual holiday. But it's just a very simple thing. It's it's a lot to to, to do, and I think this it's a sort of a time and a place for everything. And she's absolutely fine. Her Majesty the Queen is doing well. She's just of a certain age, but she has to take her take her time and choose the things that she's doing. 
And also then moving from that onto something else, which is Scottish, which um, I find fascinating because I think at the moment, I suppose I'm in that situation. I love London. I love seeing places. But then when you, I, I, I sort of looked at this amazing piece on a Scottish island, and I know that Simon knows it very well, and it's listed for sale. Now, but the thing about this, this price of this island is 350,000. Now, that is probably half the average flat in London, not house flats in London. And you will get for that, you'll get a helipad, you get like a five bedroomed house, you get, um, you get the lighthouse, of course, the lighthouse is the main thing about it. Yeah, it's amazing. You've got the whole island. And you've Buildings where there's lots of potential to build. I mean, how amazing! Apparently, this is 35 miles from Glasgow, um, and it's less than a mile from gosh, is it the Isle of Arran? I can't remember. It's something quite well known. And I just think, gosh, can you imagine for that kind of money? Which don't get me wrong, obviously it's suitable, but for for, for that, what a lovely place to be. I mean, I'm looking at it through rose-coloured spectacles. But I don't know what everyone thinks. What fun to have something like that. I mean, you could just almost, you know, you could have so many people, all your friends, families, and build up a new community. And, oh, I'd love it. Just out there. Beautiful. <laughs> it's incredible. So yeah. you said 350,000. A million. 350,000. Yeah. We could film movies there. Can, yeah, can you? You could have that whole island and make it into something stupendous. Maybe I mean, we should all chip in together and buy it. <laughs> there has to be air conditioning, though. I insist on that. I think it's natural. Air, I can assure you. <laughs> There's a lot of natural air conditioning on Plata. It's, uh, it's quite a drafty place. I've sailed around it many times. I've been on it uh, years and years ago as well. I used to go to the Isle of Arran holiday uh, as a kid. We were there every year for a long time. And uh, it, it, it is quite an interesting uh, little island. It's very difficult to know exactly what you can do with it. There's a, a little jetty uh, to land your boat at uh, on the uh, north, sort of north end of the island. Uh, reasonably sheltered because the, the prevailing wind there tends to be south southwest, so it's uh, it's quite sheltered up there. But it uh, it does get quite a nasty bit of uh, tidal swell coming in there, so you've got to be pretty careful uh, boat wise. Half a mile offshore from from the Isle of Arran, um, you know, on the, on the downside is your water, which well most of it comes down the way anyway, so you need plenty of water butts and so on to uh, to you know to store your own water. Uh, electricity is not on mains electricity, so you know, internet and all that sort of thing is not going to be exactly uh, very easy. But it's got a lot of walled gardens to, uh, you know, and it's good fertile soil there for, for growing vegetables, so that's it. And then, you know, if you've got a few creels or pots, then, uh, you know, you can be sort of fairly self-sufficient on, uh, on lobster and crab and things like that as well. But it's a lifestyle. Uh, managing an island is, uh, you know, is quite a big issue. Uh, I lived for a while on the Isle of Egg, which is uh, you know, off the west coast near Malig, uh, an amazing little island, about seven and a half miles long, three miles wide, 
and that was privately owned by a, a chap knew very well, Keith Schellenberg. And I was effectively running his navy for him. He had uh, had four boats uh, on the island, which were doing cargo and passenger work and all the rest of it. Uh, and he had a helicopter, and uh, he tried a plane as well, but that crashed, and the helicopter didn't do very well. Uh, so it, it was a, a really extraordinary lifestyle. I was there for about a couple of years, and I could write a book on the place. Nobody would believe it. I mean... The, you, know, you, you laughed a lot, you cried a lot, you worked hard, but you played really hard as well. It was a fabulous experience. But as a lifestyle, you, it takes a special person to live in an island. And the smaller the island, the more difficult it is. Neighbouring island to eggs, the Isle of Muck. And uh, that was owned by a chap, Lawrence McEwen, who sadly passed away just not so long ago. But uh, Lawrence, who's, uh, you know, hands like a, an excavator, and he, he was big uh, and incredibly strong, a real Viking stock, this guy. But uh, he regarded his island as being a farm that didn't have a fence around it, didn't have water around it instead. And with that attitude, he actually made that island work very well, which is a rare thing to get a small island to work. Plada is more like a, it would have to be a home rather than a workable island. So if you've got lots of money, the 350000 to buy it is just, you know, that comes out the petty cash. Uh, you know, put the odd million into making it habitable and, uh, and workable, then fine. But what an experience. What a great story. Thank you. And I actually looked it up, the Isle of Egg, population 87. Among its other accomplishments, it's the first completely wind, water, and sun-powered renewable electricity grid in the world. Yeah. Wow. The important thing is they've got a brewery there now. I mean, had had just such amazing, amazing stories uh, of the Isle of Egg. I could keep this show going for the next 10 hours on, on some of the things. And we'd all be absolutely splitting our sides laughing. It was <laughs> quite an incredible experience. I think one of these days we'll maybe do the odd story chipped in on the show now and again as well. Well, it Keep sounds like you school. have a whole book series right there. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, as I say, you, could just do, you could do a whole book and it was just so, so hilarious there, or it really was. But it was, uh, it was hard going as well. But there, 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 there's another interpretation for an island as well, because I remember in the 1960s, someone bought, uh, it wasn't an island, but it was a very similar thing. He, he bought one of the north sea uh platforms oil platforms um and he uh he declared udi unilateral declaration of independence on on this and, and became the king of, of this platform and of course then uh by doing so and and the government didn't have a a way of sort of defending this at all uh he became a tax haven uh and so you you know um some wise person some uh financial entrepreneur might look at that island, uh, create UDI on it, and it becomes a tax haven for a lot of other people. Have you thought of that? <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to imagine skyscrapers on Plada as it becomes Scotland's <laughs> Monaco. <laughs> The person that would make the big bucks then is the guy who runs the ferry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I going to the Isle of Iona. I mean, in Scotland, we've got three and a half thousand inhabited islands on the, on the west of Scotland. Mm -hmm. But uh, on the Isle of Iona, which is 
one of the most peaceful and most beautiful islands just on the southwest side of the island Mal. Beautiful place. And there's about a mile of a crossing going there. Now, I remember this would be about, what, 1976 or something like that. Caledonia McBrain, as the... Uh, the, 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 they run all the ferries on the on the west of Scotland, basically. Um, I remember they charged me 30 pence or 30 cents to get across. And I thought, well, that was actually quite reasonable. Damn it, to get back to the mainland again, a pound. <laughs> I could see the car and I thought, well, they're, they're, there's business thinking. They charge you 30 pence to get across, but a pound to get back. The alternative is it's a long, cold swim. <laughs> Wow. Uh, you know, I, we, we each have an island story, and um, the uh, island story I, I remember when I worked in Scotland was um, a guy, and his name, believe it or not, was Hamish McSporran. Um, you know, and uh, Hamish McSporran uh, had 15 different jobs on his island. Uh, he was the undertaker, he was the postman, uh, he was the village publican. And, and this whole thing went through and, and I'd gone over to actually photograph him uh, with, with each of his uh, different jobs. And he was bemoaning the fact that he'd lost one of his jobs the week before as the Coast Guard. Um, and, and he seemed much more concerned about, uh, you know, from 15 going down to 14 jobs. But I, I always thought the name, you know, Hamish McSporran, what more could you ask from a Scot uh, to have a name like that? That was the Isle of Gia. Ah, I know the map. <laughs> you know the what about map? that? Wow. Yes, that, uh, yes, that's on the Isle of Gia. Lovely island, not far from here. Um, that bay was about three, four miles long and about uh, about a mile wide. Actually, I was quite interested in buying a house there uh, about three, four years ago. Is he uh, still alive? Um, not I, no, I don't think so. Not now, no. But he was. In fact, I remember the television piece on him as well. And he was standing at the on on the jetty there, and and his black oilskin coat and uh, his <laughs> sou'wester. You don't see many of those nowadays. Um, uh, you know, so counting on his fingers all all the different jobs he he did, <laughs> uh, and the fear of redundancy. <laughs> But being the local policeman and the local publican, it meant he could sort out his own licensing hours. That uh, <laughs> you know, generally, the you know on on the island, the you know the the pub, you know, you ask, oh, so what time do you open? And they'll say, look, oh, about the second of March. <laughs> so the end of October, something. <laughs> but yeah, he, he had things like he was he was the undertaker. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of all the different jobs he did. I, I mean. Uh, he was he was coast guard, he, and then he'd lost that. He was uh, the port inspector. Uh, I mean, the the, the 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 number of jobs, and obviously he uh, each job was paid for by the government. You know, I, I mean, uh, he was probably the, the you know the richest man in Scotland, <laughs> other than Simon, of course. <laughs> Yeah, well, there are too many jobs as well. <laughs> Diane, you had something to say, then we need to close up, believe it or not. Right. And so I was just wondering on a different note before we close. Um, so you guys, I read that y'all might be deciding on a new prime minister by next week. Is that correct? <laughs> no, but, Did I, was the news wrong that I read? <laughs> I, well, I'm just curious because uh, y'all must be getting excited. 
No, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're not we're, excited. We're it's getting ready be, for a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have my thoughts. I think it's going to be Liz Truss, and there's a reason why it will be Liz Truss as well. And and then it will probably just last, last a little while, and then Boris Johnson will come bouncing back. I mean, it's all strategical. It's all mad. And in fact, it's not even worth talking about, quite frankly. I was just I, I, curious I, because I know yeah. as a, on this side of the pond, we we like to know what our buddies are doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the, just a very quick uh, ending to that because, um, uh, as you know, I do a political show as well. Um, and we, we all talk amongst ourselves. And we think that Liz Truss uh, has been pushed by Boris Johnson to become prime minister. And so there's a lot of interaction going on and, and how she uh, got onto the last two lists and so forth at the same time. And, uh, you know, the, the, the talk of the steamy, as we would say, is that um, uh, she will be made prime minister in the hope by Boris Johnson that she will lose the next general election and then he'll be asked back to lead the Conservative Party. That's wow. that's the gossip. Wow, mm, that's, that's heavy. Like a a yeah. vivid imagination, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing. I was curious to um, yeah. see what you thought. We don't actually get a, a say in who it's going to be. Uh, it's uh, you know, it was all sort of whittled down within the Conservative Party itself, or the, the members of Parliament and so on. But the final say-so now is the uh, Conservative uh, Party members in the public, the paid-up members of the of, of the Conservative Party. So, uh, you know, it's not everybody that gets the say in who it's going to be. Um, you know, I have my views, but... <laughs> It's, this is television and it's daytime. So. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, the other thing, what we're watching right now is Trump. Oh, that's oh, yeah. well, so, he's, so he's in New York today uh, answering certain allegations, um, you know, about his affairs. And uh, I think Key Largo was raided yesterday, wasn't it, by the FBI or the yeah, CIA? Largo. You know, yeah, so, uh, you know, and so, um, um, so you're watching us and we're watching Trump. <laughs> and nobody's watching the people that they already know have done yeah. some things. So, but anyway, yeah. I guess I that's another in story for, for another day. <laughs> yes. Thank All right. You. We have to sign off for now. My apologies, but uh, we're over the hour mark. So uh, we've got another show coming up. So I'd like to just spotlight each of you with a closing remark for our audience. And we've, of course, been posting your contact information. Diane Floyd Beam. Well, everyone, as we've been talking about, please stay hydrated and warm uh, when you need to be if you're living where it's wintertime. But right now, uh, for all of us who are experiencing the heat, um, try to stay cool. Thanks, Diane. Cool it is. Over to Mr. Cool, Ian Palin Turner. You look, does he look very cool today? He looks very just, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, was, cool. I, like it. I was just going to say that just before this show started, I came in the lounge and this, this pullover was cream. So uh, you can see how hot it is. You know, even, even my pullover, even my sweater has caught a tan. It is hot. 
and and anybody uh, who might be sort of sending any smoked salmon down or anything cooling <laughs> like like a cool <laughs> bottle of uh, whiskey, um, you know, uh, please feel free to do so. That would be an act of kindness. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Helena Shard. Over to you. Thank you for a brilliant show. I would say yes. Keep cool. Keep happy. And I think something that's taken the UK by storm at the moment, which I completely approve of because it reminds me of my childhood, is hula hoop your way to fitness. Oh, I love oh. that. Save that for another time because it's really hitting the UK hard, and I think it's fabulous. There's a lot to talk about there. There it is. Helena, I just want to share with you, I, I wish I could run over and get them, but I have weighted arm hula hoops that I ride my bike and I use, I go like this, I count to 400 and then back 400. Wow. Yeah, yeah I know I have problems. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, they're weighted. They're weighted. They're the best ones. They're weighted. Yeah, I use it. They're big. I can't do the one around the waist. I have a big hula hoop. That's I just can't get that. That's another story. All right. Over to Simon. Yes, I, I was just having thoughts there about going like this and so on. Have you managed to take <laughs> off yet? <laughs> Still on the ground. A time yes. to fly. Well, yes. uh, conscious of the time and so on. And, uh, you know, uh, my act of kindness this week will be not to send a bottle of whiskey down to Ian Turner <laughs> since he has admitted today that he doesn't drink. So <laughs> on that note, I will say if you drive, don't drink. But if you drink, invite me over. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, thank you again for being here today. I really enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun. And we will be coming right back with our next show. Thanks to all of you. And thanks to everybody out there for watching and listening. Take Bye. care. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.